when you say our experience, <laughs> do you mean like our personal, like me, the essence, Tendo? No, no. When you say experience with, do you mean how it was relayed to us, or are you asking about how we got it on versus how we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, because this is an honest question. Um, when you say how you got it on, what do you mean by that? We're not willing to share. Is all I'm. <laughs> because i'm not about to ask you yo did you use the left hand or the right hand <laughs> oh you said what's your relationship what's your personal experience all right so we're back with ratchet radicals we got michi tendo and essence in the house and we are continuing with our part two part two of mama's a hoe and we're going to start off real hot. We are going to start off with just talking about um, masturbation. So I want to know from y'all what your relationship was growing up, you know, as a, as a child, as a youth. What was your relationship with masturbation? Were y'all made to feel like it was normal? Was it something that was taboo? Um, yeah, let's go. Who want to start? Let's start with Tendo. Wow. Um... There was no, like, it wasn't mentioned when I was a kid, ever. Like, I, I don't think I even knew it was possible, especially for girls, simply because even though it wasn't mentioned, like, in my sex ed or, like, in my family or anything like that, but generally, media is surrounded with, like, not so hard, not so hard, but that's one word. Media is full of images, um, you know, in movies, there's, like, you know, little, like, um, b-rolls in some some portion of some storytelling or whatever of men masturbating there's reference to it there is you know it's 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 in, sometimes like implied um but with women it never was so so for me i really kind of like had no relationship with it it wasn't even a thing on my radar as being possible yeah no very much similar like it wasn't really talked about like discussed like Similar, I saw, you know, you, every movie, every teenage movie, there's, you know, reference to this, but like, you never see it. Or if you see it from a girl, it's like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, we caught her. <gasps> you know, shock and horror. And, you know, I, so that's what I thought, shock and horror. And that's pretty much it. Shock and horror, Diablo. Um, let's see, so growing up, I think when I was like in middle school, so between the ages of 10 and 12 was that I, that's when I, I started be like becoming aware of, of masturbation. That's when I started myself experimenting with, with masturbation. But like y'all said, it was not something that was discussed. It was not something that, you know, nobody in my family ever came up to me and said, you know, it's okay to masturbate and like it's healthy and, and you know, it's, it's normal, it's natural, whatever. Um, so the few times that I did, it would end in this wave of like shame that would just come over me. As soon as I, I was finished, it was like, it was weird. It, it I just felt like, wrong for doing that to myself 
did y'all did y'all have any similar experiences with that? I was just gonna say that I think what's it's that's important to point out that when something is not talked about or not represented or not mentioned, it doesn't actually make it any better than it being talked about in negative terms because there's a certain shame that comes with not naming things and not saying things and not to talking to kids and you know letting them know that it's okay to explore their bodies. So I think a lot of it is shame and not just shame that then becomes related to masturbation like Mishi talked about, but I think shame that then becomes related to sex and anything sexual. Yeah, no, I think I can't really remember like when I was younger, how I felt after, but I just know that like, it was something I was hiding, you know, like I wasn't like out and about like, yeah, but like, it was like something that like, I was like, okay, let me, nobody's around. This is the time go. Like, you know, I mean, wasn't I don't like, see when you would do that when there's other people around. Essay. I know. Shut, shut up. Just shut up. All right. I'm just done talking throughout the rest of this podcast. <laughs> no, but I, I get what you mean. Like, it's not like you go up to to your family and you're like, hey, like, I just, <laughs> I just had a really good. I mean, I don't. All right. Never mind. Because <laughs> you shouldn't do that either way. Um, but yes it keeping it a secret type thing and and not feeling like there's something that I have to keep to myself I could definitely relate to that so how has that if it has how has that relation how has that relationship changed for y'all I don't care (laughs) (laughs) I think that's pretty much the the biggest change now you know it's like I really don't care. It's like, you got to do what you got to do. It's natural. People going to do it. You shouldn't feel any type of way about it. And at the end of the day, you should, you should probably be happy because you know, that's, that's the whole point. Right. Right. I mean, also know your body, right? Like a lot of it, I think, I mean, there's obviously the, the, the fact that we should be allowed to, to do what we want and it's fun and all of that. And, and I think just naturally, it's one of the first things one does before engaging in anything sexual or physical um, consensually. And so you need to know your own body. So if you can't do that, then are you expecting somebody else to engage with you and teach you about your own body? Because um, that just sounds like good sex to me. It's not worth it. So I think, yeah, and I, I mean, now my relationship to it has changed in the sense that I think it's actually very essential that one does it. I consider it a um, uh, essential service. <laughs> Self-service, especially during the pandemic. Remember, essential workers, we're all important. It's an essential service. Right, right. You know, keep that distance. You do you. <laughs> yeah. No, but I really get what, I really get what you're saying, Nintendo, because like, it's kind of like what we kind of touched upon in the last part is like you expect people to know your body better than you or before you do. And like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That really doesn't. You should be able to, first of all, it's part of finding your own identity too. You should be able to explore yourself and explore what you like and figure that out before you then allow someone else to figure that out for you. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Snaps, snaps, snaps to all of that. I, I, I would say that I'm very grateful for the way that 
my relationship with masturbation has evolved. And I would say that it is continuing to evolve. I, the funny thing is that even after I began being sexually active, I would still, there was times, like, I'm not going to lie, there was times when, you know, I would masturbate and I, I would, that shame, that wave of, of shame would still, like, hit me. And I hated every time it hit me. Um, but it's so interesting that I didn't get that wave of, of shame when I'm, you know, being sexually active with another person. So it, it really ties back to what you were just saying about it being, it, it's almost like, not almost, it is that we are taught that it should be, it should be up to, and then especially as I would say, um, you know, in a heteronormative scope, that it should be the man to pleasure the woman. It's his job to pleasure us. And that it, it, it's just really saddening the way that that then unfolds within our own bodies because I'm you know have was getting this wave of guilt when I'm pleasuring like I'm I'm doing something for myself so it's okay when somebody else does it but not when when I do it to myself and that I think is not I think that is very 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 dangerous because as Tendo was saying like we're ex we're not expected to know our own bodies we're expected to leave that you know like again under the under the heteronormative scope we're expected as women to leave that to the man he's supposed to know like how to pleasure you and then with I just feel like when we don't know what it is that we enjoy we don't know what it is that that we're looking for we don't know what it is that that makes us feel good and comfortable and safe then we're leaving it up to an ex like somebody that's completely outside of your body to then figure out how to be good to you it, it just makes no sense it's like actually i, I want to say that I would actually disagree that the idea is that it is left to men to pleasure us because just culturally, like just generally globally, sex for women was never meant to be pleasurable. It was a duty. So we're not even giving it up to them to pleasure us because we don't, we're not there to be pleasured in that equation. Therefore, even us pleasuring ourselves is full of that shame. So we are not actually sexual beings. If we are just like, because once the men is naked, the idea was that like, you know, it's not. So I would actually even say what's worse, in my opinion, is, act, is actually like, there's actually no pleasure involved in this game associated. Because it's tied to, you know, your duty is to reproduce. You know, that's that's what you're here for. It's You're not, you're not here to be pleasured. You're here to be a, a housewife, make the babies, do what you got to do. You are, this is. This is what your body is. And that's what it was tied to from the beginning. So I completely agree with you, Tendo. I think there's a lot of messed up stuff going on when you think of it in the, in the whole realm of it. And I think another thing too, is not just like, um, like that there's no pleasure involved, but the, the courtship involved as well. Like, you know, like 
when you think about um, the acts leading up to it, like the, the foreplay or whatever you want to call it, um, it was seen as just like, okay, I'm here, I'm ready, let's get it done. You know, it wasn't like, all right, let's make you feel comfortable, let's get this done. Like, no, it was like, this is what it is and this is how it's going to be. So I think, you know, even the emotional tie to it was missing too. So it's like, there was no pleasure emotionally, there's no pleasure sexually, what it, there's, there's just no pleasure. There's just, there's just no pleasure. Yes. Y'all could cut me out of this whole episode. I don't no, even know what I'm saying. No. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, Tendo, for actually breaking that up because that is big, big, big facts. Is that there's not, that's not even a, a thought. It's like we are not sexual, but we are sexualized. So, like, even if you look at, um, so, this might sound, you know, funny to some people, but in one of my gender courses, we had a, a unit on porn. And so one of my papers was just, I, I had to do a lot of research on porn, right? So I had, a, <laughs> I had to watch a lot of porn videos. So, um, and not to say that there's anything wrong with watching porn at all. I'm just, I just say that disclaimer to say like, I've had to look at porn through a like a, a research lens, not necessarily, not only through a, a pleasure lens. Um, so looking at it through the, the research lens, it's easier to find like all these little things that you're like, hold up, why is this like this? It's just easier to, to, to question it. And so some of the questions that, you know, had come up for me is, the that's just a whole separate episode but the biggest thing that you realize is yo the video stops when when the the guy reaches his climax in in heterosexual um videos when the guy reaches his climax and the thing is that for a huge 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 majority of people their first relationship or first introduction to to sex is through porn. And if you're conditioned to see like, oh well, you know, the video ends when when the when the man um you know reaches his climax, or just that that is the primary goal is for the man to reach his climax, then you're conditioned not just as a woman, but also as a man, that that's the goal of, of heterosexual sex to just do reach his climax. And so that co like connects 100% with what Tendo was saying is that the reason that we feel the shame as women um, and the reason that we, it's even more of a taboo for women to talk about their own pleasure is because that is not even given space to exist. Even in those places such as porn that are like literally just about sex. <laughs> Okay, so how do we fix that? Like, how do we change this, this perception, this view? Mama's a hoe. That's that conversation we were talking about, like in part one, right? Like, I think a lot of it has to do with social conditioning, which unfortunately, or very fortunately, I guess, depending, um, starts when you're very, very young. And so I think a part of it is understanding when we interact with adults, other adults in both sexual and non-sexual, 
cases, I think, that, you know, people are dealing with things that have happened to them when they're young. So there's a bit of, I guess, um, misunderstanding or there's still that shame attached with older people. But I think the mamas, the whole thing is when we interact with younger people as educators, as parents, as, as, as aunts, uncles, drunkles, whatever, um, you know, just <laughs> to, 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 to actually bring those topics up because I think that's just how we kind of have more and more people be aware um, of it and give it up a shame. I'm a big, 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 big fan of sexual education and not just any sexual education because there's a lot of, I think, sexual education for youth that is called sexual education, but is really just like shock and fear factor. <laughs> and if you are, I think that the more honest, and open sexual education is at and and also at the earlier it is in a person's life the more not just the more comfortable that person will be with their own sexuality but also the more comfortable they'll be knowing what they want and the more comfortable they'll be expressing that because it's one thing to know what you want and it's another thing to express what you want and i can say that as a 25 year old woman, like that's something that I'm still finding ways to be comfortable expressing and not feeling like I have to wait until my partner, like, you know, says something or like, you know what I'm saying? Like not leaving it up to my partner. So then the question is, is it you are uncomfortable speaking up because of, you know, what we talked about before, like, you know, the shame and the stigma that comes around it, or you feel like by speaking up, you are then offending your partner, which ties back to what we were saying before about how, you know, it's the man's role in these relationships to be the one to please us. So is it that you feel like he's not, um, you don't want to offend him. You want to make sure that he's okay. Or is it that it's something that you feel internally is a battle? I have in the past, I would say that I have felt like maybe I, I didn't want to offend, but I feel like the, it takes me a while to be comfortable like I have to have been with a partner for a certain amount of time, I feel like to be fully comfortable, fully saying like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And I'm, I feel like I'm still working towards being comfortable, just saying that off rip, like, you know what I'm saying? And I, I guess it just stems from not necessarily of not wanting to be offensive, but more so not having that much confidence in 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 that part of myself does that make sense yeah no that makes sense mm -hmm. and i think that that is what i would like for us to and when i say us i mean like just as a 
pop, like just as humans, <laughs> I would like, that is what something that I would like us to begin building in, in kids because that takes time to cultivate, to be completely comfortable um, because that's a very vulnerable, you're in a very vulnerable, like, you know, position when, when you're being sexually active. So it, it takes time to be able to be comfortable completely expressing what you want without, you know, anything that might come with it, whether it's fear, whether it's like fear of judgment, whatever it is. I want to go back to a little bit more to the history of women, Black women's sexuality. And so um, Tendo had, um, let me, I'm saying a lot of ums here. Tendo, take over, please, and talk about Venus. <laughs> All right, so Venus' real name was, well, first of all, not her real name, but uh, her name given by uh, the, colonial, the colonizers, was Sarah Bartman. Um, and Sarah Bartman was a South African woman uh, who was derogatively known as, I just have to, um, to look at some of these things up, derogatively uh, known as Hottentot Venus. Um, and basically she was, she was taken um, um, to the Netherlands, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and was taken on show in like Britain and Europe because she had uh, pretty big ass and big hips. Um, and so she was basically like taken to be paraded naked in front of European men, scientists, royalty, whatever. Like look at this, this, this person we have, or this, this, this thing, right? Basically that's what they were doing. Now when she died, um, her they preserved her um i mean i guess it could turn, just using general language includes the vagina but i don't know it's not like not like scientifically just the vagina but like just her entire like brain and just saved it um, um among other things i think are uh, the parts of her body and so Michelle and I were talking about this in terms of just the history of, I mean, as a as a black woman, there's this hypersexualization. Uh, um, but at the same time, there's you you sort of don't own or aren't allowed to own your sexuality. So um I, we were then giving examples of like how it's a yeah, I should know there are no examples. But yeah, so you know that was historical fact. Said fact of the day. Yeah, and so we wanted to bring that up just to really get in depth with the just the fact that us. I like, well, as women, especially, you know, um, for black women, not being able to own their own sexuality, but being sexualized at the same time, not just sexualized, hypersexualized, because, um, you know, when they put this swim, this woman in the display case, it's like, oh my gosh, like, how could that be that she could have that ass and them hips? And it's like, she like how, you know, they 
it was and and it's also if you you even see it again going back to my my porn research you even see it where um it is even a category like ebony you know to the it's it's even a category in porn where it's almost like that's still happening like still putting a black body in a display case you know ebony it's like oh look at this and then usually they'll pair um a black person with like a white person but like specifically a super super duper pale white person to make like a really stark contrast and it's again just using that to continue that hyper sexualization that again comes externally not internally i was just confirming um the the the, the parts of her body that were um preserved and i said and it says that he preserved his skeleton pickled her brain and genitals um placing them in jars displayed at Paris's museum of man that is disgusting yeah so yeah so i guess you know just what do we want to leave people with um can y'all hear me all right is it is it too loud all right um no i think one of the main things we want to leave people with or at least i want to leave people with i won't speak for y'all but i just did a little bit so um that i want to leave people with is that you know it's okay to ask questions and be curious about this stuff and you and you should be asking questions because you know you don't want to wait until it's too late to find out this information you know like 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 tindall was saying in the, the first part where you know she received all this information you know about hiv and aids from a young age so she was aware of you know some of the potential dangers but at the same time you want to be aware of some of you know the positive aspects of it too so i think just asking these questions and having this information be available and not like you know scarce and people are afraid to talk to you about it is critical i think especially at a young age when you're still learning who you are like this that's the time where you really need to be able to ask these questions and not be afraid to and people need to not be afraid to have these conversations with you as well so it goes both ends you know it goes on the receiving and the voluntary i don't know it goes on both ends basically um yeah i agree with essence definitely for sure um part of it is just having the conversations and being open about it and also just i think to to try even to try and also for us to remember that the shame of a lot of things that in our in our society um manifests itself in different ways so some of us may have friends that i think especially when we're younger right we have we may have some things who aren't as quote unquote knowledgeable or who have had a lot of interaction with all of these sexual things and i think for us to to not necessarily shame them for that because that already carries some shame in itself um that stems from these and so us to just be open to talk to people and talk to our friends parents parents if it's safe for you um counselors and if we are people in those positions parents counselors educators um elder siblings whatever it is to just be you know more open with the younger kids cuz they're the future y'all <laughs> All right, there the future y'all. There goes our diplomat. Thank you Diplomat Tendo.
<laughs> what I want people to take away from this episode is to masturbate. Go ahead, like do do with your left hand, do with your right hand, do with both hands. Like go up and fly to the left. The only thing involved, though, let us also just be clear. You know, don't always gotta be hands, they're toys, and some people who also don't have hands. Yeah, yes, big facts, big facts. Toys are your best friend, toys are better as an adult. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks. I don't know what she was doing as a child, but thanks for that information. No, I'm saying adult toys are better than children's toys. Um, what? I said sure. Sure. (laughs) But not for. I'm. I'm being for real. I think that the more that you take time to really explore your own body, the easier it becomes to then teach someone else how to treat your body because we're doing away with with that whole like um you know if if somebody is quote unquote good at sex and they should know how to like have sex with everybody no you might have known how to have sex with Raquel I'm not Raquel okay so I think that that comes with knowledge of not not just knowledge but also kind of loving your own your own body and I think that love like masturbation as silly as as it might sound to some people masturbation is a a gateway to not just knowing but loving your body and and like really being really y'all should just see what Tendo and Essence are looking like right now but um to it's it's a gateway to not like just treating yourself in a way that feels good to you and no, you can't tell somebody how to treat you if you don't know how to treat you, you know? And that's period. And that's on period, all right? Snaps to that, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, that's what we're taking away from here. Talk to people, talk to people, make this normal, make this normal, normalize this. You know what I'm saying? All right, this, this is it's a wrap, y'all. Thank y'all for joining us. Michi signing out. <laughs> Big meat? No. <laughs> Can I now go eat my oxtail, guys? I, yes, I, rub that I, gotta, I gotta go make some jackfruit or some shit.